Welcome to the Rapid Growth Life and Business Podcast, where entrepreneurs, business owners and life hackers develop strategies to transform ourselves and our businesses in the fastest way possible with the least amount of friction. Remember, you're only ever one insight away. I'm your host, Snowy Phillips. Hi, and welcome to today's episode. So, from time to time, we want to change a habit, or at least adopt a new one. The thing is, the process of change can be really, really hard. Especially if that change that you've got to make is a big one. So, when we're trying to make a change, there's so much to get in the way of us succeeding. First of all, well, I guess we have an inbuilt system within our brain to regulate change and stop us from actually doing that, doing making change in our in our own lives. This is called, I guess, the homeostatic or homeostasis part of our brain. And it literally stops us from making changes. I've, I've mentioned um, homeostasis maybe once or twice in other episodes, but if you're not familiar with homeostasis, well, basically it's I guess, how would I describe a self-regulating system within the brain that tries to maintain a stable environment and it's, it's wary or it tries to be wary of change. So I guess you're probably wondering why would your brain have such an inbuilt system? Well, it's for a really important reason actually. The reason for the homeostatic part of your brain is it's designed to keep you alive. As simple as that. Okay, but that that says one thing, but doesn't explain a lot. So, how does that work? Well, from an evolutionary perspective, your brain knows that if you do anything out of the ordinary, it increases the risks or chances that you are taking. And the more risks and chances that you take, the higher chance of you dying. It's a simple math problem. If you do things outside the norm, the the likelihood of something bad happening to you actually increase. And at least that's the way your brain sees it or the way your brain is inbuilt to think. It thinks that anything that you do outside of the norm is a risk that could cause you to die and your brain doesn't want you to die. So the homeostatic part of your brain jumps in and stops you in your tracks. And, well, as you might imagine, there's a really, really big problem with that. I'll give you an example. Let's say that we know that exercising is a good idea for us and that it will improve our overall health, you know, Um, we'll look better, feel better, and the healthier we are, the more exercise we do, and less it's to excess, we know that there's some positive benefits to that. The thing is, all your homeostatic part of your brain sees is that, I guess, well, it's not a good idea. It says to itself, Well, if you're doing something that you don't normally do, all it sees is risk. It sees, well, you're doing something unusual. You don't usually do this exercise stuff. There's danger in doing something that's outside of the norm. And so 
the homeostatic part of your brain will do everything in its power to stop you from making that change. Even though, from a logical perspective, it's good for you and will have positive long-term consequences for you, your brain sees this is not something we knew, uh, usually do. And so it wants to stop you from making that change. Like I say, it will literally throw thoughts into your mind or your head about why it's not a good idea to for you to do exercise, why you should avoid doing that exercise, avoid uh, or put it off or, you know, it'll tell you to do it another day. Yeah, it will literally do loads of things to stop you from making that change or taking that risk or doing that action that you don't normally do. And if you want to think about that in a, a weird and wonderful way, kind of sucks, doesn't it? I mean, you're trying to go to the gym, you're trying to be healthy, you, and your brain goes, no, nah, we don't want to be doing that. That might kill us. So that part of your brain, the homeostatic part of your brain, just goes, nah, mate, you don't want to be doing that. You, you really don't want to be doing that. And we'll throw up all the thoughts and random ideas in your head. And, and it'll stop you. And this doesn't just happen for physical things. Let's say we want to start a business, get a new job, end a bad relationship. Maybe, like say, on a health thing, start eating healthy food, not just the exercise. All these things are subject to the same scrutiny. Your brain sees it as a risk and it starts to fight you. So every time you're looking to make that change, you have to fight that part of your brain, the homeostatic part of your brain, to make something happen. And that's like an extra layer of effort that you have to get past in order for you to, to even start. It's not like you're starting flat or basically, you know, from ground zero in order to start this new thing. You've got this part in you that knocks you down a couple of floors, before it, you even get started, because you've got to fight just to get going. It's not, I'll start. Your brain will stop you in advance. And if that's the case, I guess the question is, what can you do about this? Well, like I say, the, the standard strategy for most people to get past homeostasis or getting things done is to use willpower. But the thing is, what most people don't know is that, well, well, I guess maybe you don't know, most people actually may not think about is that willpower is in a really limited supply within us all. And to be honest, if you are a regular person, like me, I guess, and, and most of the people I know, you really don't get that much supply of willpower. Unless, like say, you you've absolutely exercised the muscle of discipline and willpower over time, and eventually you get a, a, an ever-increasing supply. But for the most part, most of us aren't gifted with a, a reservoir of willpower that we can just absolutely draw on and, and it be there as often or and for as long as you, you need it. It's usually like, say, in in short supply and and certainly for like saying most people it's not enough to make the big changes or at least big changes that are going to stick 
That's why I guess virtually all New Year's resolutions go out of the window within, I guess, a couple of days of you starting the new year. All those good intentions that rely on, I guess, willpower, yeah, your willpower just runs out. And so if you've not got enough willpower to get you through to creating these changes, what have we got left? Well, we have a few things, but here's one. Here's one thing that can give you uh, a, a, a upgrade, I guess, on willpower. This one's called the big decision. So what do I mean by the big decision? Okay, if you make a decision in your mind, one that is absolute and without question, somehow your mind knows it. This can't be a wishy-washy decision or a, a hope or an I'd like to decision. This is an absolute deciding. And somehow this cuts through the homeostatic gatekeeper and gets taken on board, I guess, is how you'd describe it. And most of the time, when you have one of these big decisions, they come from often a place of rock bottom. They come from that sort of never again moment. Never again, that sort of moment where you go, no, this will no longer happen to me. No longer am I willing to put up with something sort of moment. And also, I guess they can come from a good place, but that involves putting so much positive emotion around the idea that it literally, I guess, gouges a new neural pathway in your brain. But, um, yeah, most of us don't have the inclination for such a practice. So often it's the big decision, the, the decision from rock bottom or, or that never again moment that, that works for most of us. So... I guess unless you're in the depths of, depths of despair, the big decision may be out of your reach for most of us, especially if it's, like I say, something you really want, but not enough to, like I say, gouge that, that new neural pathway. So if the big decision is out via I, A, you're not at rock bottom, or B, you haven't got the mental fortitude to absolutely gouge that new I guess, mental pathway. So what well, I guess you have to ask, what's left to you, for you? Well, there are a couple of other things. You have auto-suggestion, affirmation, and incantation, which, if you're unfamiliar with those concepts, they deal with repetition of chosen words or phrases that slowly change your thinking over time. Uh, I guess the first person who came up with auto-suggestion was a, a guy called Emil Koo. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, and I'm hoping I'm remembering it. And his famous affirmation was, every day, in every way, I'm getting better and better. Tony Robbins uses ones uh, similar to, I think his is all I need is within me now. And, and like I say, auto-suggestion and repetition of phrases can be really, really useful. There's, like I say, the third part of that, as I mentioned, is a thing called incantation. An incantation is when you not only say the words, but you add emotional power to it. Um, and actions, and it can be especially effective as, it, like I say, it does add that uh, emotional component to it, which... 
weirdly from a psychological perspective your brain takes or it seems to take special attention to as i guess it operates in an emotional capacity your brain uh, takes on board those things that cause the most emotion within you or the most constant emotion within you so when you get really fired up with your affirmations or incantations you your brain goes oh look there's emotion involved in this so it must be important i'll take extra special care of these the things that are being saying i guess it's also why when you read some of the work of um, Robert Anton Wilson, he talks about times in your life when you're what's called imprint vulnerable. And imprint vulnerability usually happens in, in the really heightened emotional states. And and because, like I say, you constantly repeat this, there's that expression, we tend to become what we think about most of the time. More importantly, we tend to be, uh, become what we think about most of the time when that thought is attached with a, a strong degree of emotion. So this is an option for you if you're looking to make a habit. Like I, you know, if you it's an exercise habit, throw in some really strong words and strong emotions. I am an athlete. I am healthy, flexible, agile, lean and strong, or whatever your words are. Really you know, imbue them with emotion and passion and enthusiasm. And if you keep on doing that enough over time, eventually, like say, uh, your psychology will lock into these words and know that it's important to you. I do this, um, I say, uh, affirmation and also suggestion as part of my uh, morning ritual, as I've mentioned to you before. It's the uh, the second part of the magic waves formula. And, you know, for some people, most of us or some of us don't have the discipline to start and continue on with such a I guess committed routine if you can good and you should you should start this as a practice for yourself because it works and and you'll get better at better at it over time and you'll see the improvements over time so that said if we haven't got the big decision and we haven't got incantations or affirmations or auto suggestions and we haven't got willpower there's got to be some other way so what have we got left well i'll tell you and this might be incredibly useful to some of you because well let me tell you what it is it's tiny changes and trickery they're the two things that you can use so let, well, actually, let me explain that a bit more. So, like I say, when you when you try to make a big change, your brain says to itself, "Forget that. That's that's. We're not going to do that." Or at least words to that effect. And it does whatever it can. Your homeostatic part of your brain does whatever it can to throw a spanner in the works. So, if we have the intention to make big changes, but don't want to scare our brain what can we do? Well, we can go all psychological stealth ninja on our brain. That's what we can do. Psychological stealth ninja. I think I'm going to keep that phrase. Okay, so how do we do that? Well, we take the big change that we're looking to make and we break it down into its smallest possible components. Okay, so let's say you decide 
you want to get healthy and you thought that the best way to do that was to go join a gym and commit to going four times a week first thing in the morning. So you get up early and you go to the gym and everything's good. Your brain absolutely panics at the thought of that. Throws up a million ideas why that's really not a good idea. And more importantly, it'll tell you that's not the person that you are. After all, we've never done any exercise in all these years. And so not too many of those thoughts in your head and the plan gets scuppered before it even begins. So what can we do? Well, here's what we do. We just do something small to start. Let's say that there is something that you do consistently every day. It could be anything. Taking a shower, brushing your teeth, or putting the kettle on for your morning coffee. Actually, we'll use the latter as an example. Here's what you do. You put the kettle on, and as it's starting to boil, you drop down to the floor and do just one push-up. No more, just the one. After you've done your your one push-up, no more, just the one, you get up and you give yourself a fist pump. (laughs) A fist pump. Um, The fist pump actually is important. New habits love positive rewards and reinforcement. So when you've done that that, that push-up, get back up or press up and give yourself a fist pump, fist bump or a hell yes or whatever words you feel appropriate that aren't too shameful actually like I say it doesn't have to be a uh, fist bump it can be any reward maybe not chocolate but you must reward yourself in some way so so let me so let me just summarize that you put the kettle on as soon as the kettle's on because it's an existing habit that you do every day you drop down to the floor you do your one press up you finish your press up you get up you give yourself a fist bump a fist punch a reward of some sort that's probably not um in in conflict with the thing you're trying to achieve so like I say no chocolate and then like I say that's it you're done don't do any more than your one press up no matter what you want you, you know, you think you're down there, I'll carry on doing one more. The idea is that you do this for a couple of days, a couple of days in a row. So you put your kettle on, you drop, you do your one, pe- pe- you do your one press up, you get up, you give yourself a, a fist pump. And then after you've done it for a couple of days, start adding one more push up each day. So you do the, the exercise three, four, five days in a row. And then after three or four days or five days, Next, you you add a push-up. So on the fifth day, you add a second push-up. And the sixth day, a third push-up. And each day, you you add on a push-up until you go as far as you can go. And if you like, after you've done this, you can do this every time you put the kettle on. And then once you've done this for a while and you've worked your way all the way up to as many press-ups as you can do, but every time you put your morning kettle on for the coffee... You drop down and do some press-ups and you work up to your maximum amount. You do that and then you stay there for a while doing that. Put the kettle on, doing the press-ups. Or, like I say, later in the day if you uh, you have another cup of coffee, put the kettle on, drop and do some more press-ups. Then maybe in the morning you add one extra exercise. Maybe it's a squat. So you drop down and do your press-ups. Then you get up and you just add one squats to that or a I guess a jumping jack or star jumps as they call it 
they call them over here. And you do that slowly. So you've done your press-ups and you've been doing that for a, a number of days. And then after you, you know, you've sort of reached a plateau on your press-ups, get up, add one more exercise and make that a simple exercise that takes no effort. One, one squat, one star jump, whatever you want to do. Um, and then start adding them to your routine. You've done your press-ups. Now you've got squats going for you or star jumps going for you. And then this funny thing happens when you do that. Before you know it, your mind starts to get the message that you are a person who exercises. Because it goes, well, oh, I've been doing some exercise. I do them, them press-ups and them squats and them star jumps. And so your brain goes, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I've not died from this. I've been doing it for a, a little while now. And I'm kind of comfortable doing that. And because you're doing that, your brain thinks, well, you, you can decide. Maybe uh, maybe I'll go to the gym once a week. Not four times in a week, just once. And your brain thinks, okay, I, I do some exercise. The gym is not that big a stretch. I'm exercising most days of the week. And so what's one trip to the gym? Do that for a couple of weeks. And your mind says it to itself. I really am a person who goes to the gym because it's seen me there a number of times and I'm fine. And you can just then add one more session each week over a period of time. And your brain will readily accept this. Because you've done it before in slow, small increments. You've snuck up on the habit that you want. And that, like I say, that is how you sneak up on your brain to make lasting change. You don't go for shock and awe to, to your brain to absolutely scare it to death. You take the smallest increment you can, attach it to something you already do, so you build a habit on top of a habit you already have. And each time, like I say, you do these things, you reward yourself. So every time you've done your, your press-ups in the morning, reward yourself. Every time you do that new squat, reward yourself. Even if it's just that fist bump or uh, fist punch, whatever it is, some form of positive reward that you give to yourself. And even if, like I say, it could even be you enjoying or feeling like you've you've earned your coffee in the morning. And like I say, this, this works for virtually every area or any area of your life. Just think of one change you want to make. Break it down into its smallest components. Attach that to, and this is like I say, the important part. Attach it to the existing habit that you have reward yourself once you've adopted this new thing or done that that new thing and then add small increments over time simples i also like to use this sentence as i'm making changes it sort of amuses me and it makes the thought of change easier in my mind so here's a sentence give it a try see if it works for you <laughs> I'm slightly embarrassed to say this, but give it a go. Like I say, it's, it's, I find it useful. Maybe you will too. I say to myself, as I'm doing my new thing, I'm ready for an upgrade. That's the sentence. I'm ready for an upgrade. Uh, for some reason, I guess in my mind, I associate upgrades as a reward and not a change. So in, in my mind, my mind lets it slip through. Maybe it'll do the same for you. I'm ready for an upgrade. 
So that's how you can easily make a big change without the hardship and failure of trying to do something all at once or trying to use, like say, the other strategies, the the willpower or the 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 big decision or the rock bottom rock, rock bottom approach. This is a sneaky way to develop new habits. Just attach them. Well, like I say, here's the summary. Find something that you want to do. Find a habit that you do consistently, like say putting on the kettle, brushing teeth, whatever that is. As soon as you do that action, attach this new habit to it in its smallest incremental part. And once you've done that smallest incremental part, reward yourself. And then slowly over time, keep adding smaller and smaller bits or or, or more and more bits to that small change until it adds up to something quite significant. And that way, you'll be able to take on board any habit, any strategy, any thing that you think is useful for you. That's how you trick your brain and sneak your way into new successful habits rather than, like say, trying to use willpower and and or hitting rock bottom, or, or any of the, uh, the other ways that I've mentioned, this uh, this gives you a way of, of getting really good results without having to, say, scare your homeostatic part of your brain into fighting against you. You just sneak up on the new skills and habits that you want to adopt. Okay, then we'll end there. I hope this episode's been useful for you. St- And now you've got a strategy or an insight in how to sneak up and change or upgrade yourself. Maybe that's the the title for this episode, how to upgrade yourself. Now you've got a sneaky, tricky, cunning way to trick yourself into becoming the upgraded version of yourself. Okay, well, like I say, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, and if you find it useful, please share it with someone on social media or or by just telling someone you like. As ever, remember you're only ever one insight away. Till next time, enjoy your day and uh, look forward to you joining me on the next one.